Welcome to Community. My name is Catherine Mogabo and I am bringing you season 5 of our podcasts at Sipsos Africa. Season 5 of our podcast shines the spotlight on giving by persons living with disability. Remember to catch us every Thursday on the Sipsos website on Anchor and Apple Podcasts. Good morning, Esther. I'm really happy to have you here today to record your story of giving as a person living with a disability. And I know that you have supported many people, both in your professional life, but also in your personal life. So just to hear a bit about who is Esther Chozira and, um, you know, what is it that really excites you about life? Esther Karibu. Yeah, thank you, Kathy. My name is Esther Chozira. I'm a person with visual impairment, and I'm a woman. The reason I emphasize those two is because a woman with visual impairment comes with several opportunities and several challenges. There are many things that excite me about life, and especially in regard to giving. I'm one person who has been very supportive to many persons who are uh, disabled or who are entering their lives into disability. You know, it's very, very challenging for a person who has been living, I would say, a normal life and entering into this other world. For instance, if someone is visually impaired, they are now into, they have been sighted, they have been doing everything independently without any challenges, without any, any risks, without even asking for support from anyone. And here they are entering into a life of mm. dependency, mm. of uh, seeking for support, of generally a world of darkness, as many of them say. <laughs> and um, it always appears like it's the end of life. Mm. And helping this person to get into, to accept their disability. Mm. Then you even show them how to manage this disability and eventually turn around and become become changed completely and live in this new life of disability when they are happy, when they are comfortable, when they see their future. Mm-hmm. For me, that is one thing that is that not really excites me. Mm-hmm. And I've supported very many persons mm-hmm. to go through that. Okay. And I'm happy to note that many of them are now doing so many things as a result of my support okay. in that regard. Yeah. Thank you, Esther. Um, that is really inspiring. And uh, maybe if you could just say a little more around what kind of disabilities have people grappled with where, you know, they think they're in a world of darkness. So what kind of disabilities have those been and how do you get the energy, in fact, to do that? Most of the people I've, I've been supporting are persons who are visually impaired. Okay. And uh, because myself, I went through it and... Um, I use my experience mm. to inspire them into also getting into it and managing through. Mm. And where I get the energy is really because I also got my disability at a later stage. I didn't. I was born 
very fine, very normal. Then at the age of 13, I lost my sight. Mm. So it wasn't so easy for me because I had to go back to the school where I was studying. And I remember I was in the school when I was sighted. Now I'm coming back as a blind person. Mm. So that was so challenging. Mm. But uh, the many that have come to me come with uh, when they have lost hope, mm. when they know nothing else can happen in their lives. Mm. When they know, uh, and you know, if someone is... Uh, has gotten a disability. Mm. If they are married, the, the, the wife will disappear or the, the, the husband will disappear. Mm. The family members will try to distance themselves because they think now this person is a burden. Mm. So those are some of the, the psychosocial support that I provide them. I don't give per se that I'm giving them money, mm. but I advise them, for instance, if you are a person with visual impairment, how do you remain independent even when you are living in your house alone? Mm. So that bit of, and many of them even keep saying, is that possible? How can mm. I live in the house alone yet I don't see? Mm. And you tell them, yes, it's possible. Mm. You can do this mm. by managing your environment, by knowing where you are placing everything, by knowing who is coming into your house. Mm. And... Even you visualize those things you used to do before mm. and you say this is how you can do them. Mm. So many of them along the way, they keep trying. Mm. And when they try, they mm. see it is working out. Okay. And when it works out, mm. of course, they get prompted. I could share just one quick example. Yes. There's one girl who was brought to me mm. when she, she had just finished her senior six. Mm. She, she got leukemia and leukemia uh, made her lose her sight. Okay. So in a way of recovering, mm. she lost sight, but um, yeah, she was living with uh, cancer, but positively. Mm. So the parents brought her with the hope that she'll be able to be rehabilitated and get get back to do her studies. Mm. I told them this is possible. Mm. So what we need to do is first of all to to her accept the new life. Yeah. And the new life meant that she had to learn Braille, which is used by the blind people. Mm. She had to learn the talking computer, that, the one that has jaws. Mm. And then we started telling her. She, she got so inspired when she saw many of us are visually impaired and life is moving on normally. Mm. So we told her, you need to learn how to wash plates. Mm-hmm. You need to learn how to bathe yourself because she told us she doesn't bathe herself. Mm. Her mother was bathing her. Mm. Then we told her, you have to learn how to wash your clothes. And shouldn't leave all that was possible. Mm. So along the way, when when people continue sharing their stories on how they were managing, mm. one day she gets home, she enters the sink, picks the plates, and begins washing. Then the mother called me and said, this one's going to break my plates. I don't know who has told her to enter the sink, but she's saying, Esther, you told her to wash the plates. Then I told the mother, that is fine. Mm. Just make sure you're around. Those places that are going to fall, put them aside mm. and make sure you're supporting her. Mm. So after I think like three days, the mother told me that, you know, she can do it very well. <laughs> I'm so surprised. Oh then God. I told her, you see, now we just have to keep encouraging her so that uh, she even does other things by herself. Mm-hmm. So... She went called me, do you know this one is going to bathe herself? How is she going to do it? I told mm. her, just keep her, mm. just keep the space mm. and you, you allow her to bathe herself. Mm. Because she's a big girl, you not continue bathing her all the time. Mm. So later, the girl became generally independent and they took her back to school. 
And wow. it was so exciting when she went back to school because mm-hmm. she had never thought that one day she would be able to go back to school after all that she had gone through. Wow. And she went and did her computer science course. Mm-hmm. And wow. uh, as I speak now, she's out of the country. Wow. But um, she was able to manage and yeah. change her life. Wow. Yes. Thank you so much, Esther. And I, I really appreciate, one, that you're sharing your own personal story and uh, how that inspired you to be able to accompany others mm. on their journey. And in that process, you're bringing hope and light in a world of what people usually call, you said it's the world of darkness? Yeah, it's the world of darkness. Uh, where people think it's the end of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we really uh, thank you so much. And I celebrate you for being that person who is there to accompany others when they're not so sure to guide their footsteps mm. in a world that is very unfamiliar. And I know you briefly mentioned about your own experience. Mm. Um, uh, uh, was there someone who was there, who was an Esther for you? Was there someone accompanying you as Esther when at 13 years you lost your sight? And, and if not, how did that, you know, how did you come around and say, okay, so if I didn't get it, so just to tell us a little more, just to explain. For me, it was mostly my mother who was, okay. who was my, 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 my mentor in this whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's only that with mothers, they, her style was the rough way mm-hmm. of, I want you to clean there, don't tell me you don't see, I must find it clean. So you find your way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you find ways of yeah. doing it. Yeah. And all that she wants to see is, I find a way of, cleaning there okay if she, if it's cooking she wants to find the food ready how you are going to do it is find your way of doing it but at the point when i was growing up i was seeing her as someone who is not a good mother who is torturing me because mm. i was like she knows i don't see but you see what she's telling me to do mm. but along the way when i i finished university and i was now staying alone i was like hey mm. i think this was relevant because now I <laughs> <laughs> Now I'm able to cook food for myself. I'm Mm. able to stay in this house alone without any person. And Mm. but initially I was seeing it as a punishment because Mm. fashion say, in future no one will be there to do all this for you. So Mm. find a way of managing your life. She'll even tell you go and dig. Mm. And sometimes you're like, now what am I going to dig? Mm. She she finds you have cut all her maize, all her beans, and she quarrels. Why have you? Why did you dig like this? Uh, when I tell you to dig, I don't tell you to just cut my things. And you're like, but she knows I don't see. But all that was intended for me, I think, to, to be mentored in a, a style that mm. you shouldn't look at your disability as the end of everything. Mm. And you should see ways of, of maneuvering through whatever the conditions are. Mm. So for me, because of that bit of mentoring, mm. I had also seen uh, persons with visual impairment mm. Who, were, who could not do anything okay. because their, their, their parents felt they were support, protecting them mm-hmm. and in a way of protection, mm-hmm. they wouldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. So that in the long run, you'd find that this person is not able to even live in any single minute without a support person. Mm-hmm. So they would always be dependent mm-hmm. on others. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's where I picked my inspiration okay. of saying no. If I have an opportunity to mentor those that are just starting their journey of disability, mm. then I need to see how 
they get used to changing their life, visualizing their sighted life into the blindness life mm. and being able to manage uh, independently without relying so much on support persons. Mm. Support persons are good, yeah. but not all the time that we are with them. Mm. Because sometimes they also have homes where they have to stay. Mm. They also have responsibilities elsewhere. Yeah. Someone is your support person, but is a mother mm. who also has children, who mm. also has a husband. So this person will not be with you all the time. So there's that moment where they will leave you alone. Mm. And now, when they're alone, should they find you when you have uh, suicide on yourself because you are not able to, to manage? Mm -hmm. Or should they find you hungry because you are not able to warm a cup of tea? Mm. So those are the basics that we normally tell people who are starting mm. their, their blindness life. Mm. To say, no, it's not the end of the world. Mm. You must continue you that's the reason we don't want people who despise someone mm -hmm. when they are they have their disability because you don't know what they have gone through to even gain this little mm. confidence they have you don't know what they have gone through to accept that this is the new life i need to live in mm. i had one gentleman who was working with the ura and he got uh, blind mm. so he told me you know me i used to enjoy my booze mm -hmm. i used to enjoy my evenings mm. So what is going to happen in this new life I've entered? The world of darkness. Then I told her, no, nothing has changed. Your mouth is still there. Your legs are still there. It's only the sight that has gone. So I told him, what you need to do is to still call on your friends. Tell yeah. them, I'm still alive. I'm still okay. Come and we go out. Come and we hang out. And I was like, how do they, can, can they even try to associate with me? They cannot. Then I told him, no. They cannot associate with you because they think you're a burden. Mm. But if you, if you show them that you're now independent and you're able to manage on your own, mm. all that you need is their company. Mm. Be sure they will come. Okay. So he started with a few. And later he started seeing that ah, many of them were even accompanying him back home after their drinking. Mm. And for me, I saw that for him he had achieved his dream of wanting to go back into his life. Yeah of uh, being social and uh, relating with friends and mm. all that. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So. Wow. Thank you so much, Esther. It, it, it really gives, and I know that I have also called you a couple of times mm. where I was interfacing a very similar um, challenge with someone very dear mm. and you were able to provide really real-time kind mm. of support even to just uh, have conversations with the family on how else do you support people when they're going through transitions uh, in this case we're talking about it from transition from sight to lack of it mm -hmm. so i really thank you so much for always being easy and helpful hands and that's a very big heart because not many people yes. would be available to do that so thank you that you're not having a pity party but you're actually shining light and bringing light mm -hmm. into the different lives and supporting others to live independently i know that at some point also i know that you've done a lot of work around not only supporting others around dealing with and living positively, even with disability, but you've also done a lot of, like you are an expert, an encyclopedia of some sort <laughs> on, no. uh, on, 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 on visual impairment. Uh, I know I've had stories of where, okay, someone gave birth to a child with a disability and somehow Esther 
is their go-to person. So how, when, how did you, and you know, how do you experience this world of being the encyclopedia on blindness for both family and others uh, outside here? Yeah. Uh, actually, it's not only blindness. It's almost all disabilities okay. because now they know that I, I work with a different uh, disability groups. So they will say, mm. ah, now we are, we are challenged. Who do we contact? Mm -hmm. So the first person they will call is Esther. Mm -hmm. Is I have this person who is born without maybe eyes. What are we supposed to do? The parents are confused. Mm. How should we support them? Mm. So of course it is not an easy thing. Some of them call you because they want to hand over the responsibility to you mm. to take care of this child because they think this child is not their child. Mm. And some of them call you because they are really stuck on the next steps to take. Mm. Others call you because they just want you to advise them okay. on the possible services that are available for such persons. Okay. Yeah, so what, what I've done many times is to first of all understand what the issue is, mm. what are the circumstances around the, the, the person that they are, they are raising. Mm. And uh, many times I've advised them, if someone wants to bring this child to me, I tell them, no, we are going to look after this child together, okay. me and you. Mm. Reason being that uh, many people think that a child with disability should not grow up mm. with other siblings. And yet to us, we are saying that this child is part of the family. Mm. This child must grow up in the same community mm. and must be loved like any other child in mm. the home. Mm. So many times I tell them, for instance, if a child is born blind, I'll tell them, take care of the child the way you are taking care of the others. Yes. Take her for immunization, take her for, feed her well, make sure mm. she's growing up. Mm. When she has reached the age of school, mm. then we look for the schools that are able okay. to take her on mm. so that she begins the training on Braille or on uh, sign language or whatever, depending on the disability. Mm. Yeah. So... When you make the parents realize that, oh, actually this child is just our child, you even tell them, call, give them an, a name. Because mm. we, we, we saw people in communities mm. that think if a child is having a disability, they are not entitled to a clan name. Oh, no. So even tell them, mm. call her by the name, not by the disability. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so because you'd say, ha, this, this Mozibe here. And you're like, no, what is her name? If she's Carol, call her Carol. If she's Esther, call her Esther. Don't say this Muzibe here. Mm. So that in itself, once they start growing up with a child and realizing that actually this child is theirs, mm. now the questioning of how do we bring this child to you, those ones reduce. Mm. So the questions mm. now be, uh, where do we take her now? She oh. has reached this age. Yeah. Uh, do do you know of some schools? Then when they are at school, you say make sure you take you go and check on her, because mm. we have those that will take their children to school and dump them there. Yes. So you are like, no, you have to keep checking on this child maybe every month or every two months to make sure that she's progressing well in school, mm. and uh, she also feels the love of the parents. Okay. So progressively, mm. you find that finally ownership comes up of 
ah, she's our child after all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so even the support is like, if you see any people who are able to, to support us with tuition, mm-hmm. please do support us. Okay. So where I'm able to provide, for instance, scholastic materials, you can say, okay, if she's going to school, you can pass by and pick some sugar or soap mm-hmm. or what for her. Mm-hmm. So that alone makes them feel, okay, mm-hmm. if the other person is supporting, then yeah. how about us, the parents? Yes. Why can't we support better? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's the kind of support I've been giving in that regard. But there are also those that uh, I decide to say, you look at the circumstances around the home mm-hmm. and you're like, this child will not be helped in any way. So you just say, now I'm going to give you money to do one, two, three. But when this child is with you, not with me. Okay. Yes, that's the support I also give. Okay. Once in a while, but it's one thing that I've, I've discouraged that I want the parents or the caretakers mm-hmm. to be in charge mm-hmm. of this person. Mm-hmm. Because each time... Uh, you take the responsibility from them, mm-hmm. they'll think that a child with disability belongs to Esther or belongs to someone else. Yes. Yes. So I only offer the support mm-hmm. when this child is with the parents. Yeah. And it has worked out for me. I'm happy they will tell you, yeah, your, your, your child, they know my say, your <laughs> child has now grown to this level. Then you're like, no, our child. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> our oh child. God, yeah. Yes. Okay. So it happens like that. Okay. And I know you're, uh, thank you, Esther, you're sharing a lot in what you're doing in your personal life. Mm-hmm. But I also know right now you are in a grant making role mm-hmm. where you are not only supporting individuals, but you're also supporting institutions of persons with disability. You're supporting mm-hmm. a field or a movement mm-hmm. of uh, the, the disability movement. So, mm-hmm. how would you see the intersection between your personal conviction and passion for really promoting a life of independence and responsibility taking for and by persons and parents uh, of children? With disability or people with disability and how does that intersect with your work I know before the disability rights fund you are at Nodipo so again just to see how do you, where do you see the infusion and I know it's a lot but I just want just to hear it from the horse's mouth mm. yes where you have been able to give beyond the call of duty as a person living with a disability working in, working in the same sector mm. yes uh, there's a lot of interlink because as you said, a person with disability and working in the disability sector mm. and providing your skills in the sector. Yes. <laughs> it's a lot, eh? Mm. But um, the interlink is that um, if you have the passion mm. for disability and uh, you are living with disability itself, mm. you want to see that what you go through on a daily basis mm. does not happen to another person. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason I get so much uh, attached to a person who is entering mm-hmm. into the disability life. Okay. Because for them, they are not sure of where they are going. Mm-hmm. And at least us who have been into it, you're like, okay, if someone insults you, yeah, that's part of life. Mm-hmm. If someone despises what you are doing, you're like, okay, I, I'll manage it this way. Mm-hmm. But for someone who is new, they'll always think, ah, you can't even imagine that one said this to me. Mm. And they feel so they feel so embarrassed. Yes. And yet to us, it's like, okay, life will go on. I'll deal with that one later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so supporting this person to go through that kind of, um, the fears, to address their fears that they have towards the journey they are entering. Mm. 
those are some of the things that make me uh, passionate about the work I do. Yeah. And the skills that I put in mm-hmm. are really aimed at challenging most of the stereotypes within the communities mm-hmm. to show them that even a person that has disability can do better than mm-hmm. that person without disability. True. Because many times there's a thinking like, if a person who is blind, how can you live in a, a good house? Mm. If a person who is blind, how can you drive a good car? Mm. If a person who is uh, physically disabled, mm. how can you get a good woman or a beautiful woman? Mm. Or how can you remain married when the others are not married? Mm. So they forget that many times mm. we are part, we, we, are, we are normal. Mm. What makes us different mm. is the disability. Mm. But Living a normal life means that um, I'm going to, to be loved by men, mm. and if I'm a woman, and if, if I'm a man, I'll be loved by women. Mm-hmm. And when I'm loved and married, I'll give birth to children. Mm. I have to raise up these children, and they have to know me as their mother. Mm-hmm. They will not find any other mother despite the disability. Mm-hmm. I have to live in this community where, they are, where I'm raising up the children. Mm-hmm. So that means that there's a lot that someone should expect apart from just looking at the disability and that is where the skills that i bring into the disability sector Mm. are really hinged Mm. because i look at okay what are those things that i need to fight with in the society Mm -hmm. and assuming someone is coming when they are just beginning their their disability life Mm. what environment are they going to find Mm-hmm. And of course, now we begin with the policies, with the budgets, we begin now challenging all those ones, inclusion, programs. Mm-hmm. But all that we want to see mm-hmm. is that people who are in the disability sector, mm-hmm. all those that are yet to come, should find at least a friendly environment. They should be easy to adapt to what is there mm-hmm. than some of us when we started. Because mm-hmm. when we started, it wasn't easy for us to find a computer that has JAWS. Mm. We had to travel up to Canada to get the training first. Mm. And then after being trained, you come back, there's no, nowhere, no computer that you are going to practice <laughs> with. Yes. So you go back to your typewriter and the skill is almost buried. Mm. So but now here that we are seeing computers, technology is advancing. Mm. So how do we ensure that those that are entering into this world mm. are now finding a, a, a comfortable life? Wow. So for me, the, 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 the links, the intersect between what I do mm-hmm. and the experiences that I've gone through mm. inspire me a lot into my advocacy efforts. Wow. Thank you, Esther. I, I really respect you as, um, I was going to say, uh, not an elder, or like a general <laughs> in, the, in the disability, mm. uh, in the disability sector, and uh, as a woman, as a pioneer, as a mother. Mm. A mother of how many? Because I think I win you in mothering. Mm. How many? I have two. Two. A mother of two. <laughs> and I really celebrate your contribution. Mm. And um, I don't know if there's anything we've not talked about that you would love to just flag for our listeners just to appreciate how and, and the fact that indeed people living with disability are givers and they do create um, a better life for others. 
Maybe what I want to just uh, emphasize is that uh, um, persons with disabilities, we we are givers. Mm. Many times we don't give actual money, mm. and many times people think we are actually givers or beggars. Even on the other side, there mm. are people who see you coming to their door and they're like, "What does she want?" Mm. <laughs> even before knowing that actually you are bringing a better idea to them instead of thinking you are coming to beg or to receive. Mm-hmm. Many times there's a lot we go through that um, make us give, give in a lot of time mm. and energy. Mm. Just as I explained earlier, mm. the, the transition of someone into the disability world mm. or even making the parents realize the value of the child they have given birth to who is living with a disability Mm -hmm. that is not something easy because as you are doing that bit someone is feeling offended there are those that will even insult you they think because for you you are now somewhere you are coming to laugh at them because they they are just beginning the journey Mm -hmm. so it's not an easy go it Mm -hmm. doesn't it's not like once you enter into someone's house Mm -hmm. they will immediately change their attitude towards the person Mm -hmm. with disability it takes a lot of time it takes a lot of commitment Mm -hmm. for you to see this person changing attitude and even accepting this person they have received as a person with disability Mm -hmm. so that requires commitment and time okay Mm. thank you so much esther for the giver that you are for the activists and advocate that you are for the mother that you are and i really think we are privileged to have you not only in the sector but as a ugandan and i know that your mark will stay through and live on um, even beyond, you know, the current, the fact that you are in the sector and, and you're providing leadership in different ways. So thank you so much. Uh, it was nice having you. And yes, we wish you the best as you continue and holding many others to walk in the light, even when they think it's in the world of darkness. Thank you so much for bringing